Welcome to Securities Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 39 for May 29th, 2011. Yes. Happy Memorial Day, That's y'all. That's right. Uh, I am Bill Wadman. I am Dan Gottesman. And uh, we do not have a guest this week. Nope. But just... we are lining up guests because we like guests. Right. And we've gotten good feedback from y'all. And uh, if anybody has any guest recommendations, or if you really, you, the listener, if you have some really cool stuff that you want to talk about with us, let yeah. us know. Because, I mean, obviously we're into the techie computer photo stuff, but obviously we're also interested in people who really know their stuff. And who do cool things. We like cool things. And and I think it's safe to say that the people who listen to us probably like cool things. Otherwise, they wouldn't waste their time. Right. (laughs) Because nobody likes wasting time. Uh, So a couple things that we're going to get a little... uh, um, What's the word you would use to describe what we're going to do today? Today, I would say we're going to be, we're, we're putting on our, our advisor's hats. Oh, really? we have hats? Well, figurative, figurative okay. hats. Uh, maybe it's more of a, you know, it, it's a, we could say it's a, it's a visor, you know, like like a poker player. Sure. Like a, like a, like a card dealer. I just don't want a green one. Or a banker. No, you don't have to. You can, you can use one of those pink ones like the volleyball players wear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, what what we were thinking is, is that I am a cannon shooter, Dan is a Nikon shooter, and uh, as two pieces of the same pro camera coin, uh, we thought it would be interesting because we always get asked what camera to buy. Yeah, uh, I thought I, I, I've been in, in, in my, my personal history, I've been asked many, many times what kind of something, you know, insert technology thing here. Uh, what kind of thing should I buy uh, from computers to cameras to all kinds of other th- stuff? And I guess I've sort of developed a, a pretty straightforward answer to that that entire question because for the most part, uh, you use the same sort of criteria. You, you, know, you use the same sort of method to, to determine what makes the most sense for you. Now, do you have one piece of advice, which is what you use? Um, pretty much. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, again, it's sort of like a, it's like kind of like a philosophy, if you will. It's more of a, a way to help the, the long and the short of it for me, as far as I'm concerned is, um, one, one, one of the crucial elements of making that decision is feeling good about it. You know, um, I think regardless of what you, you know, what you choose, uh, or, or, you know, what, what you're, what you're looking at, you should always pick, end up with something that, you feel good about that 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 sort of has a whatever you want to call it a resonant leaves you you know feeling in you that makes you feel like you made the right choice or that you know you really dig that thing you know okay that's that's part of it um because i personally believe that if you're working and let's also sort of generalize here and classify all of these things as as tools right uh, to, to one extent or another, like like a car or a computer or a camera, they're all you know they're all they're all tools that facilitate another you know a service. They yeah. they enable you to do something. Although a lot of people see a lot of this stuff as ends unto themselves, and those are the people that have it wrong. Right. So the like I, like I said, the first thing I try to try to get into their head is that you know let's let's before we even start talking about the the things themselves, let's let's look at what it is that you are trying to do what is the sort of and and actually you know this is a pretty i I use this basic philosophy for all kinds of stuff you know for when i'm preparing a a quote for a job or when i'm working with somebody i've never worked with before and i don't know how how you know how knowledgeable they are what their experience is um you know and they ask me for some help or some advice on something that you know one of the very first things i'm going to ask them is well what's what's your desired final state here what what is this going to look like when it's done what when you know what do you, what's your goal here? What, you know, what, yeah. what do you what want are you to trying have in to your do hand? with it? Yeah. yeah. What do you want to have in your hand when you're, when, you're, when all, all is said and done? And that, that has, that, you know, that's a really important question, man. That's, that determines a whole bunch of stuff. Well, that's a big question on a number of levels, but it's funny because it's one of those things that the average person probably doesn't ask themselves. Right. Which is why I ask them sure. for them. <laughs> so, so that's the first thing is you got to ask yourself, what are your intentions here? What, what's, what's your, what's your goal? Uh, and then another thing that some people get upset about and some people are really excited about, you know, or think is a really big deal um, that just needs to get factored in um, is the money thing. You know, sure. sometimes uh, money has a very uh, 
huge role in this decision. It's like, well, I know what I want to do and I know what my final product looks like, but I also know that I only have this much money to spend. So I need to make some, you know, some smart choices about where I'm going to, uh, to, to spend that money. Um, so that's, that's another thing, you know, so, so the combination of like, and those, those things, again, in my opinion, sort of form how you, how you feel about this, this thing that you're, you're getting. Sure. Um, because if you don't feel, you know, if you don't feel good about your thing, whatever the thing is, the tool, uh, you're going to be that much less inspired to, to use it. And it'll be the very first thing that you point your finger at when things, uh, don't go the way you might have expected. Yeah. So when, when something fails or when you're running into trouble, I personally like to feel inspired by my tools. Sure. I like the idea of I'm using my camera and it's just like, oh, this camera like gets me so like worked up that I, I will shoot better with it. Cause it's like, this is hot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, absolutely. That's a great feeling. That's and, a great feeling. And so, you know, nowadays the funny thing is, is that if, if somebody comes up to us and asks us, they want to buy a camera, right? Mm-hmm. And they ask us what they should buy. If they're talking DSLR, if they're talking, you know, a modern digital SLR that they're going to spend $600 or more on, mm-hmm. this is going to be a big statement, but you really can't go wrong. No, it's true. Uh, now, more so than ever, like not even like even in the past two years. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, some some stuff is really These low end cameras. It's yeah. like the, the, the low end Nikons now have arguably as good or better of a sensor than your three D three has, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, maybe not in low light, but they got a hell of a lot more pixels. Well, yeah, I think a better thing, I think a more accurate statement would be the the, the camera that you could buy for 500 bucks now. Yeah. Uh, would have been $5,000 five years ago. It did not exist three years ago. Yeah. And the closest thing to it, we'll say the $1,000 camera, yeah. this little $500 camera runs circles around it. Yeah. That's, that's a safer thing to I say. Mean, and they're, they're all, I mean, any, of, any camera you're going to buy now, because it's, it's funny, you get back to the whole printing episode. It's like if you're not printing and you're not shooting in absolute darkness yeah. or need to shoot at you know a thousandth of a second on a dark football field right any of these cameras are going to make prints that would blow your mind no it's true the sensor Um, technology nowadays is tremendous um autofocus technology has really come a long way um and and what's cool is as you know as far as nikon is concerned um they are pretty actively releasing uh you know updated versions of their of their lenses um and and man i mean any any new lens from from either canon or nikon uh, using today's technology is going to kick ass, even, yeah. even on the low end. Even on the low end, like two hundred bucks, man. Two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks will get you a really. If you're getting something that one of the new G lenses, like the new fifty one eight or the thirty five one eight, those are tremendous lenses for 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 not a lot of money. Absolutely, and it's um it's it's interesting that uh, apparently there's a bunch of new Canon lenses coming out. Uh, yeah. Apparently. Uh, what, there's a new 3514 uh, version two, a 5014 version two, a 300 f4 is version two, hmm. uh, a 24 2.8, and one that really kind of gets me a little warm is uh, there's a new 2818 dif- uh, uh, do, which is uh, the diffractive optics. So basically, hmm. like it's like just it's like one level beneath L glass, but since wow. I use my 2818 all the time and it's a little soft yeah this would be a step up for you this would that. be and like it's probably not going to be a ton of cash either. this would be a no-brainer i mean it might be a 600 lens but that no, is not. worth it to me considering what i use it for you know i use that totally. lens constantly no, um, totally. but yeah there's just a ton of glass coming out but seriously when it comes to bodies on the canon side uh the, the new hotness i guess is this t3i uh yeah. or the t3 or the t3i and these are 18 megapixels, four frames a second, you know, uh, crazy metering. And they've got, they go up to 6,400. They do full 1080p HD. I mean, it's, it's insane. The amount of stuff they're sticking in a camera that is $900 with a kit lens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Nikon, I think the Nikon equivalent to that would be their D7000. Oh yeah. The new one. 7,000. That's a pretty, that's a pretty sweet. 7,000 is a little more. Isn't it like 1200? It's it's 1200 list, um, with a lens. And that's unfortunately one of the downsides, as you probably have noticed, uh, is that since the earthquake business in Japan, um, the cre- prices have crept up over the yeah, past couple of months. Or they've gone back up to MSRP. Yeah, which, which I mean, it's understandable. It's sad. Um, yeah. 
but uh, but still, you know, the difference between a thousand bucks and twelve hundred bucks isn't isn't really that. Yeah, that big. I you know, and it, again, between the two, Nikon or you know, people could say, oh, what about Sony? What about and Sony has some nice stuff because their bodies are fairly cheap and they've got some Zeiss glass. But I mean, if you really just want stuff that you don't have to worry about and you know is going to be around for the next twenty years, stick yeah. with Nikon and Canon. It's and, true. And you really need to go use one or the other. Uh, Dan wrote an article on his blog, which we'll put in the show notes, mm. uh, his thoughts on the whole thing, which we don't have to go through the whole thing. But basically, you come down and say, both of them have, are great. It really comes down to how you handle the camera. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you there's more, a little bit more to it. I, I, would more, I would summarize it where, yeah, both of them are great. Um, but... Um, uh, personal preference really kind of weighs into it. I mean, when when I if, if we're having a casual conversation, um, let's let's just assume that feature for feature, both both the cameras are identical. Um, my personal, uh, I think it's safe to say that that there's a there's a very very uh, well established difference between the Canon uh, and Nikon. Canon's philosophy and Nikon's philosophy, as far as user interface design yes, is concerned, um, and that's that's a big deal. You know, I mean, if, if for me anyway, I I take the user interface of lots of uh, lots of the stuff that I use my computer and you know uh, you know software, you know all, all kinds of things. I, the way it feels in my hand, the way the way the buttons work, uh, the way the you know menus, sometimes even the way that the type is set, uh, I can be fussy about stuff no, like sure. that. So for, I, I so will me, say though that you know, finish no. what you're saying. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. So, so anyway, long story short, um, if feature for feature, you should you should definitely pick both of them up and spend as much time as you can. You know, twenty minutes, an hour. Hell, if you can't, I mean, if you're in New York City. Uh, another fantastic option is to uh, take a trip to Adorama or PhotoCare or KM and uh, and rent it. Uh, yeah. You can rent you can rent a really awesome body and lens for way under a hundred bucks. I yep. mean, some of the some of the lower end ones are, are super cheap, um, and uh, and then you can really spend some time with it. Yep, absolutely. I, I would like to say though, you you like the Canon overall interface, uh, both both the GUI of the menus and the button system. Um, I wouldn't. Did you mean Nikon when you said? Oh, Canada? I'm sorry. Yes, you like the Nikon. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, mis- I misspoke. <laughs> That's um, fine. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because when I pick up a, a Nikon camera, right? It's like I feel like there is a button or a knob or a widget for everything, uh-huh. and they're all different shaped and work slightly differently. And like, oh, there's this thing for the autofocus and it's on the front here and it's a three level switch but then there's this other one on the back and like it 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 feels very it feels almost steampunky you know (laughs) you know what i'm trying to say i I know exactly what you're saying i i personally i mean and some people love that and i'm not you know let me tell you why i think it's a good idea um one of the really um neat i think one of the for me one of the things that sort of separates um, a pro piece of gear, and this goes across the board, you know, from music stuff and video stuff too. Um, in addition to it being r- relatively solid and 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 you know watertight and you know bulletproof, um, is is the fact that you can you can you can operate the the, the equipment without having to take it away, you know, without having to take away from your face, yeah. without with, you know, sort of blind, so to speak. So yeah. you can spend a minute or two, or or an hour or two, or a year or two, um, you know, working out your personal controls and and learning what those buttons do um so that while your eye is on the uh in the finder looking looking through the lens you don't have to take your eye away to make that one little adjustment um and i think that's where that's kind of like a you know an advantage to the nikon thing that you're talking about where they basically chose and and another thing that's kind of there's two things first of all having different slightly different feeling controls is good because that makes it easier to tell them apart without having to look at them the second thing is that um, and, and this is another sort of advantage I, I, I think Nikon has over Canon is is the legacy thing. Um, uh, it's safe to say that Nikon has had a pretty consistent um, design pr- approach to all of their SLR products from like, geez, from the seventies on. You know, yeah. Um, and, and there's a couple of things that that that, that they just sort of stuck with because they know that there are guys out there who've been shooting with them for so so darn long. Yeah. And, and you know it ain't broke, so so don't fix it. Yeah. So so that's 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 how I look at it. No, um, absolutely. I, and but I I think it really does come down to what you're used to. Of course. And, and, uh, I mean that is a personal preference yeah. thing. At like the, at like the having the, having the 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 power switch up by the shutter release. Uh, I love it. Is weird to me. 
oh man, I, it feels weird when it's not there for me. See, like, I mean, to, I think, and I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, <laughs> um, cannons tend to have less buttons, but the buttons do more things, uh, <laughs> you know, something along those lines. Yeah, um, sure. And, uh, I mean, you even, you mentioned you, the big wheel on the back of a lot of the Canon cameras you like to slide, that it slides around nicely for you. Yeah, it's great for review and, and for, for banging through along, you know, a big pile of, yeah. you know, you know, images or whatever. It always, but, it's, it all comes down to what you feel like. I mean, if you, if you're into driving Japanese cars or you like German cars, oh, yeah. they're both really nice cars, but if you like one, you probably don't like the other. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I would use It's actually uh, surprising uh, that the two have such different feels considering they're both japanese companies well i was going to say the better analogy would be bmw and mercedes okay yeah that's that's fair which are both you know terrific reputable german you know car manufacturers and i I think it would be safe to say that if you were to take a poll of all of their owners they would both they would all sort of unanimously say that they you know they're very satisfied with their choice yeah um but it's also probably safe to say that that there are a bunch of people out there who can absolutely tell you the difference you know between how one feels over the other um, and that's the kind, of, and I think that's the kind of choice we're talking about here. I mean, we really are saying these are both, you know, top end companies making top end products, um, but one of them is going to speak to you more than the other. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Long story short, uh, I, I will also say that unless you really know what you need, you probably don't need more than the bottom or a couple, one or two steps up from the bottom of the line. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're starting out and you're starting to take pictures, oh yeah, don't for, bother talking, spending three, four thousand dollars on a body. No, no. Spend $700 on a body and learn how to use it because it's a better camera than anybody whose work you respect uh-huh. ever used. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, there's, there's another huge um, uh, factor to, 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 uh, to take into consideration when we're talking about beginners and making an investment in an SLR. Yeah. And that is, uh, as you and I well know, that now that these uh, – in the, in the old days, you could, you could pick up your, you know, your, your Nikon F2 at, at, you know, at KEH for what, four or 500 bucks. Yep. And as long as you didn't drop it or get any sand in it or whatever, you could put roll after roll after roll of film in that camera and it will take fantastic pictures until, until it fails. Yeah. Easily. Now, now that that, that paradigm is completely gone and the film is built into the camera, there are a whole bunch of other, you know, things associated to that such that you know, the camera can actually get old and stale. Um, because these digital products, they don't, they don't last forever. They're not, they're not built to last forever. Not right. like that. Those were simple, elegant, you know, really solid machines that just did one, you know, one simple trick and they did it really, really well. But it's funny. I, I had this conversation with, uh, my friend Randy and I was saying that cameras don't wear like they used to. And I liked that. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, and he, not... and he basically, he's like an older guy and he's just like, Oh, you're crazy. Wadman. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I agree with you on that one too. I, I definitely, they, I mean, if you think about it, the old, you, anything that any professional camera, um, and when, when I use the word professional, it's usually, you know, top of the line. So you pick, you, you name any camera manufacturer, you know, even on the medium format side, like Mamiya or, or, or Hasselblad, any professional camera, uh, is going to be made almost entirely out of, uh, metal, you yeah. know, it's going to have a mostly metal body <laughs> and it's, it's safe to say that, you know, the current Nikon and Canon offerings are also mostly metal, but they're also really rubbery. You too. know, whenever I fly with my Leica, mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Why is that? Because I d- bring it in my carry on and the top of the Leica is one giant chunk of nickel. <laughs> I'm sure the metal detector loves it. Yeah. They look at this thing and they're like, what the fuck is that giant block of nickel right there? <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, and they're just yeah, like, yeah. sir, you're going to come with us. Yeah, uh, so- <laughs> and then they invariably, I'm like, it's in a green thing at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can open yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and invariably they pull it out and they're like, wow, that's a really nice. Game. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, you know, Let me get back. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, um, yeah, the, 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 things were built differently. Now, the one thing that you can say, the flip side of that is that, the advantage of an SLR, which is has always been that you can swap the lenses out. Um, well, of course. So is, that, that leads is, me. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say that leads me to the, the to the to the other, the, the, you know, the 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 change in the paradigm. Whereas, um, and this is and you know, not again to kind of come around to the the Nikon advantage here. Uh, Nikon technically has you know thirty years on Canon as far as lens availability and lens yeah, selection. If is you want to use manually focused lenses, which. But nowadays, more okay. than ever, I think okay, are coming back. I understand the, that, the but the EOS system came out in 1986. There are 
26 years of lenses in the Canon no, thing versus 39 years of Nikon. It's true. No, or it's whatever. True. Um, but um, so anyways, what I was going to say is, is yeah, just sort of this is I think you and I are basically saying the same thing. Yeah. And that's if you're going to be making any kind of investment, if you, if you know you're, you're reasonably serious about photography um, and you're going to want to build a system, um, the first and hardest choice to make, or sometimes it's not the hardest choice, but the first choice is to decide on the, on the manufacturer, yep. uh, Canon or Nikon. And then once you've done that, the next thing you should really start to think about uh, are your lenses. Spend the money on the glass. Yeah, because the lenses are pretty much like the old cameras, and uh, sh- save for maybe some lens coating, you know, some 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 uh, distortion or color yeah. shift kind of coating. And older uh, lenses and, do degrade over time if if dust yeah, gets and, in there or the the you know they get the um, what's it called the uh, I don't know what you mean. The, they get fogged up by uh, what's it called? Um, oh, moisture and and, and uh, fungus. Fungus. There's the word I was looking yeah, for. That stuff too. So you do have uh, to yeah. be careful that with old there's lenses. That, and, then, but, and then there's also some of the older lens as the lenses age, the electronics inside. Yep. Like there's little gears and stuff in there yep. that might overall sure. wear wear out. Um, and I can, for example, my my uh, eighty to two hundred two eight. You know, my long zoom is a 90, 1991, you know, right. circa 1991 um, autofocus lens. It's 20 years old. Yeah, it, it's still one of the sharpest lenses I own, but its autofocus system is primitive compared to what's available today. And it's sure. a bit slow and it's it's like physically loud. Like you can actually hear it making noise from across the room, which is kind yeah, of Yeah, that's Nikon autofocus. <laughs> well, yeah, from 1990. Does that, one, does that one have a motor in the lens or is it all in the body? Is that one of Because uh, there was a time, right, where there was in the motor was in the body and they were... Yeah, well, that's that's actually an interesting point that Nikon, I don't know why they did I guess it's for... Well, you know why they did it. No, I'll tell you exactly why they did it, because I was reading about it. It's because they wanted to keep the F mount, but they wanted to add autofocus. And so they were like, oh, well, the easiest way we could do this is have the motor in the body and have it control the focus of the lens no, I, with a motor. I get that, but but I don't know. What I, was, I thought you were going to mention what I was going to say oh, here. Okay. The new, all of the low-end cameras, yeah. I think even the D7000, uh, do not have yes. motors in them. And I have a feeling they did that for cost and weight well, reasons. Well, the average person who's going to buy those cameras is not going to be using 26-year-old... Because was, there was only a certain period of time, what was it, like 5 or 8 or 10 years, that they were doing the autofocus without having the motors in the lenses, correct? Um, I mean, is the average person who's buying a D5000 going to be using lenses of that vintage no they're going to be using the no, kit lens and whatever but there else. are some there are some high-end lenses um like especially the longer telephotos that i i'm not sure if they have the built-in yeah but are they uh, going to be is, are those what who's going to be using those not the guy no. with the d5000 i don't know you're probably right um and and it's true any 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 of nikon's it's a very apple offerings yeah, yeah it's true <laughs> it's a little weird <laughs> Um, but, uh, but whatever, you know, all, like I said, Nikon has been readily, you know, steadily updating their line, uh, of, of lenses to support, you know, the non AF motor, uh, bodies and it's, and it's been fine. Yeah. Uh, so basically spend your money on lenses, the features on these cameras. I mean, the, the, the image quality is great. The, you know, if you, as you go up higher end, you might get better autofocus like on certain models cause they'll have more points and whatever it is. And maybe it'll be a little better at, at really high ISOs, but like any of these cameras is going to kill, like put good glass in front of it. And any of these bodies is going to blow your mind. That's true. Uh, and then, and really like, I mean, just to sort of put it further, you know, so, you know, then, then let's play devil's advocate. Okay. Well then what's the difference and why, you know, why would anyone want to use one of these lower end, you know, higher end cameras if, if the lower end ones are, are, are just as okay. good. Uh, and higher the, end ones have full frame. Well, that's okay. That's one thing. Yeah. So that, but that's a, that's a different, that's not the answer I was, I was going to give. <laughs> um, that's true. Full frame is obviously build quality. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it makes a, a bigger file, and it actually changes the look of the entire image too. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a pretty big, big thing. the The answer I was going to give um, is a little bit more uh, technical, and that is, um, they the, remember if you remember earlier what I was talking about how how the high end cameras um, are built so that you can operate them as quickly and as efficiently as possible after spending you know the time getting to know them. Um, one of the the things that they'll do, and this is a software thing, really, I think, is, is in, in, I guess, in an effort to minimize the, the confusion and minimize the clutter and, you know, simplify the interface as much as possible, they'll take away certain 
controls, say, you know, they'll, they'll take away a button or a dial yeah. or, or an LCD panel or something like that that would, you know, really that most people wouldn't miss anyway. You know, it's like they're not, they're not changing their white balance or not, they're not flipping, you know, um, whatever bracketing on or they might not even have, they not even use bracketing, you know, yeah. like little stuff like that, that um, if they do want to use it, it's not that the camera doesn't necessarily have it, but you do have to, you know, take it away from your face and drop into a menu. And, and what's cool is most of these things have these new little, you know, my menu type of like, you know, you can designate any of the functions in the camera so that they'll all appear in this one central place so that you can get at them quickly. Yep. Um, Canon but has that's the same thing now. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's a cool, you know, there's feature. two features that, uh, Nikons have that I wish Canon had number one. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, there's that weird thing in the high end cameras where you can turn on cropping in the viewfinder. So it puts oh, up, yeah. so you say, yeah, Oh, puts... I want to shoot square. I want to shoot four or five. Yeah. That's nice. That's, that's cool. And it puts yep. up these almost like little laser things to, to, you know, well, like little it, LCD it, things. Across. It's like a little, uh, like a heads up map. display. Like a matte box, yeah. You know, it's it's more like uh, letterboxing. Yeah. So it basically it just kind of dims. It you know it takes the what you're seeing in you know like you know how like when you uh, pull up the crop tool in Photoshop. Yep. I think it defaults at seventy five percent opacity or yeah, something like that. It's like that. Kind of it kind of does that. The um, the other thing is um, this one's kind of weird and, and small, but uh, bracketing. Yeah. Uh, where you can set up sets of brackets. You yeah. know, I want to shoot seven images one stop apart. You can't do or that. A, in, or a third of a stop. Apart. Right. On, on right. Canon cameras, you get three and you can do it however far away you want, but you only get three. Like there is no doesn't five or one, seven. Doesn't the 1DS? Uh, maybe the 1DS did. Oh, you know what's interesting about the high-end cameras too is that uh, like on the Canon, the 1DS 3 I used to have, uh-huh. um, changing modes from aperture priority to program to yeah. shutter priority yeah. is like a three-button push on, on purpose. I know. I, I hate it. Well, the, sure. but the idea is that they don't, they want to make it so that you would never accident, accidentally do that. And on yes. my 5D, I always have it around my neck or whatever it is around my shoulder and I pull it up and, then that, and, that, I, and that I hit can, the butt, I hit the wheel. Well, that, that knob on the left hand side. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And um, your shirt changes. So, the, so it's kind of nice that like, if you know your shooting program or you shoot aperture, it's like, it's not going, it's not going to change unless you deliberately change it. Yeah. And that's well, why they I, do that, which is kind of like, which I liked. Yeah, um, Nikon Nikon did the same thing with their with their high end cameras. Um, I'm, the the lower end, medium and low end cameras have the you know the, the sort of global control dial on the left, or sometimes I think on the smaller cameras it's even on the right. Um, and they all have like those preset modes, like sports mode yeah. and you know uh, portrait mode or whatever. But on the on the you know higher end cameras, it's it's a, you hold down a single button, uh, it's the mode button, and then you spin the wheel with your thumb. Yeah, and then you you can cycle through program, manual, aperture, and shutter pretty quickly uh it is um it's interesting though all, again all these low-end cameras have so many features that the average person is never going to figure out 90 percent of them it's um, true and they it's all true. do the basic stuff the same and they all do it well so really if you're just getting into photography like you know try a low-end thing maybe buy a nice prime to go along with it yeah. uh but you're going to get really nice pictures almost yeah. no matter what you do here's 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 another um i would well i would like to say though that you know when people look at your or my work and they say oh what kind of camera do you use yeah it's really not the camera no no okay <laughs> but, and i will completely and totally agree with you yeah but i'm about to say something that sounds like it's con- contradictory <laughs> okay go ahead and that is this um so think back to when you were a kid uh and and you wanted and, you know, a lance like, mountain skateboard Sure, a Lance Mountain skateboard, or um, or a, what's his name? Uh, um, Jesus, I can't remember his name. Uh, what's the field? It was a freestyle dirt bike by okay by GT. I cannot remember Ooh, the GT, dude's nice. name. Yeah, he had one of these dudes had his own. Was there a band called Haro or a, a brand Haro? Yeah, Haro. Uh, I used to have XT. a Mongoose Californian when I was a kid. Oh, sure, those are the classics, man. And then the Diamondback. Yeah, I never liked the Diamondback. I like I was a, I was a Mongoose guy for some reason. I, I could never really tell that they were all chrome, you know, and shiny. And it's then true. I remember like one, you could get like what three colors? Like there's blue, red, and black. And then there's like the checkerboard. And then you had like the you know there's the pads that went on the stem, yep. and then the pads that went on the yeah. the top cool, two. Took all those then, pads off, and then you know, then the, yeah, the matching seat and the matching grips, sure. and the, like, you got the, pegs the and little, platforms, little and sit rotors. back thing, you know, or the seat, <laughs> yeah, the laid back seat, laid back seat post, yeah, sure, all that shit, yeah. I never, I never personally had one, but I oh, okay, I liked, okay, back I liked to cameras. <laughs> anyway, um, th- this is a relevant point that I'm making, and that is, uh, I think it's still totally legit and cool to to look up to 
your heroes. Sure. You know, look up to your idols. So, uh, and you can like look at music. You know, like when I was getting started on the drums, uh, and I, you know, I, I first sort of pieced together, you know, how how music was made and what have you. Um, and, and I started to pay attention to what was, what was, you know, what the tools were, you know, what tools were being used to, to, to make this stuff that I love so much. Um, you know, the first thing I, you know, first thing you look at is, well, what's that guy using? You know, he's doing this thing and I think it's amazing. So I want to use what he's using. Yeah. And there's something uh, to say for that. I think so. And I think it's safe to say that if you, you know, if you find a photographer that's taking some really tremendous looking pictures, uh, and, and a lot of guys, you know, like us are happy to talk about our tools and our process and our techniques and stuff like that. That's, that's still, that's a really, you know, I think a legitimate way to get, to get your, you know, to get started. Cause if you like the way that this thing looks, knowing what went into the production of that thing is, is one of the steps in engineering it for yourself, you know, figuring it out for yourself. Sure. Um, but it's, it's funny because I think that in the last five years, I mean, probably with the advent of, of digital and Moore's law, it's the same mm-hmm. with computers that, you know, uh, uh, a, a low end MacBook now mm-hmm. can, is, is, is not that far away from a high end iMac or a Mac pro. You know what I mean? Like the, the Delta has changed. It's, and um, it's yeah, it's, it's gradual too. It's been, yeah. uh, and I mean the top and the bottom have kind of started mushing together. In, true. In, in such a way that you really, you know, there, there isn't a limitation. Like if you, if you had a really crappy set of golf clubs or a really nice set of golf clubs, the Delta between those two is much bigger than it is with cameras in a lot of ways. Um, it's true. Or, or at least more than it was with cameras than the, in the eighties say, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or the nineties or whatever. Um, so anyway, it's just interesting stuff. Uh, Dan wrote this article. We'll put it in the show notes. I think that it was interesting, but, uh, I don't know. I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I you guess know, it, the, a girl, a woman I met at, uh, at the PAI a friend of mine, this woman, Cynthia is a, a old school photographer, did a lot of stuff in the eighties, shot film all the time, did mm-hmm. a ton of stuff for like town and country and those kinds of magazines. Um, mm-hmm. and she owns the only digital camera she owns is like a G 10. Okay. A little, uh, Canon G 10. Yeah. Um, those are great. And she she recently bought a fancy Mac Pro and Lightroom and all the rest of it, and she doesn't really know how to use it, but she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to figure out how to use it, and then I'll buy a digital camera. It's like, no, just buy a digital camera and jump in, you know. <laughs> but she was a Nikon shooter, and she's just like, oh, I'm thinking about buying a digital SLR. And I said, well, you know, do you have a lot of glass? She goes, yeah, you know, but it's a lot of it's like manual. I said, well, go. She's like, I can't decide between a D7000 and the D7. Is it this? d70 is that the 700 700 is yeah. is the full frame like smaller version of the d3 kind of right yep okay but it's still bigger than say the 5d it's it's a little chunkier like vertically mm. it's sort of between like a big pro camera and a smaller uh, I camera no, i wouldn't i wouldn't agree doesn't with that. it have like say... almost an inch coming out the bottom below the lens no, it, 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 you can get a grip for it. I mean, it, I would put it right on right on par with the five D Mark II. Okay. I think the the D seven hundred, like price wise, feature. I mean, yeah. they came out almost ident- at the same time. A, it's more like uh, the five D because. Yeah, that's. I would say the five D and the and the D seven hundred are, are yeah, the fi- the know. original five D, not the five D two. Well, yeah, <laughs> the fi- I think yeah, it's safe to say that the five D Mark II is 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 a it's a terrific camera. It, that's it, probably my favorite Canon camera. It's 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 kind of on its own in that space. Yeah, like if you want full frame and you want something with a lot of megapixels and you want Canon and Nikon, it's kind of five D two. Yeah, yeah, it's and bang for buck wise as well. I mean, it's it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it's what I use most of the time. Anyway, so I said to her, "Well, yeah, okay, you're gonna have a crop sensor with the D seven thousand." I said, "But then the seven hundred's kind of old, but it's full frame. Um, They're probably gonna replace it soon." Uh, Well, who knows now? Who knows? But you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, I said, "But Cynthia, just." Go buy. They're so cheap, you know. I mean, she, this woman has a little money, I think. Okay. And yeah, I, I said, like, twenty five hundred bucks isn't that cheap for, for a lot of people. Dude. No, 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 no. But like, but if she goes and buys a D seven thousand or a D five thousand, even. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Know, well, just go are, yeah, buy a, a eight hundred dollar camera and just start shooting. It's gonna it's gonna kill you how good the image quality is, even on a camera that's that much. You know, if if all you've ever used is a G ten as your digital camera. Right. You know, and yeah, just being able to compose through the lens, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, so I, so I, you know, I mentioned this to, I was talking about this with Randy the other day and he's like, yeah, he says she still hasn't bought one. And I was like, man, 
just well, go do nothing's it. changed just go neither, do it and the company has released anything new right 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 but no this was like you know a week and a half and it's kind of like uh, you know and she's been talking about it for months it's just like just go do it because there's really there there's yeah you can always wait for the next thing but literally right now it's like there you can't go wrong yeah you know um no it's true anyway it's, um, it's interesting stuff yeah the last thing i was going to say is is um is you can always um consider the used scene as yeah. well um uh, you know, there's a lot of great resellers out there and, you know, it's not unusual for, um, professional shooters who always want the, you know, latest and greatest, bestest stuff ever to, you know, keep, you know, to basically sell off one of their, you know, their last generation camera for the current generation. That's where I mean, you got yours. The computers on yeah. That's how I got my D3. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could have afforded $5,000 for it, but I, I, you know, I paid close to half of that. Um, because it was, you know, it was almost two years old when I bought it. And I was fortunate enough to have, you know, happen to know the original owner personally. And, you know, I knew the history of the camera that, that always helps. There's but, a, there's a rumor of a, uh, 5d, uh, Mark three. Mark oh, I mean, it's inevitable, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But there, <laughs> but there's, there's, you know, the, the typical rumors and I'll see if I can find it here. Cause it's, it was kind of crazy. It was like, yeah. tr- uh, here, let's see. Uh, da, da, here we go. 28 megapixels or something like that. The uh, current, the current, pr- apparently there's one prototype floating around and there's two others that exist. The prototype that this person says they've seen mm-hmm. is 32 megapixels, 4.2 frames a second, 19 point autofocus, uh, compact flash, larger mm-hmm. LCD, uh, well, autofocus while doing video, raw video. Really? That's cool. Yeah. And up to, uh, 25,600 ISO. So like what all these currently go up to, but, awesome. uh, but it's just not, I mean, that's insane specs. Yeah. And then the, you know, what's crazy is that'll probably basically do, you know, hold the same price tag. It'll probably be around 2,500 bucks. Yep. Um, and it'll be on a waiting list for six months. Yeah. But then <laughs> the cool like thing the is you'll, be able, you'll probably be able to pick up a 5d Mark two for, for you know, 1200 bucks. For pretty, yeah. For a pretty good price. And that is still, I mean, every single picture that you've shot for the past two years yeah. on your blog, which are all, all arguably, you know, let's just say they're all fantastic pictures, you know, for one, you know, regardless of whether, you know, someone thinks so or not, but they're let's just say that, you know, okay technically, pictures, yes. exactly. Technically speaking that, you know, the exposures, the focus, the sharpness, let's not even, we're not talking about co- composition and subject matter, but let's just say they're all, those are some nice fucking pictures, dude. And, and that's, that's the camera you use. And, and, and if something new comes out, you know, in a week from now, that that doesn't mean that those pictures suck all of a sudden. No. You know, they're still nope. you know you hey, can still do the exact same thing. Meg still uses a uh, original five D. Hey, you've got oh. a twelve megapixel D three. Uh, That's true. So you know it's it's really yeah, man. The stuff's just it's, nuts. Yeah. It's not about them. I mean, it really isn't about the megapixels. I, you know, uh-huh. um, although it, it was a big jump from the five D to five D two, or yeah. actually five D to one D S three is the first. I mean, there there are a lot more pixels there. Whether or not you're ever going to see them when you're, you know, printing or whatever. But I'll tell you, uh, uh, Francois, who uh, was one of my Drabbles, the guy on the floor with the bottle of wine. Yeah, uh, he bought a copy of his Drabble, and then a few of my motion prints. And so I had them printed up, and I got them back this week. And I'm like, man, these things still look good at twenty by thirty. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly enough, just another quick aside, I. Uh, I wanted to sell my 24 to 72.8 L. Um, right. You were talking about that. Yeah. I, you, I didn't, saying, I wasn't you know, using it. And you don't use it. Um, and, but I, what I wanted to get was the 24 to 105 F4 IS, mm-hmm. which sounds like a big mouthful, but people, who know well, it's still, but it's still professional grade. Yeah. It's, glass. it's L glass too. Um, right. And I owned this lens once in 2006 when it first came out. Um, and then I sold it cause it's not that sharp on the corners. Um, mm-hmm. And, but since I wasn't using the 24 to 70 and the longest lens I have is an 85 prime, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to have one zoom, it would make more sense to have the 24 to one Oh five. Even if I lose a stop of light, cause it's got IS and whatever, uh, just for, for the length, you know, cause then I can go to one Oh five. Um, yeah. so th- I was thinking about it. And so on Twitter, I wrote, anybody want to trade? And, uh, guy writes me back. He's just like, yeah, he's like, I'm interested. And I met up with this kid, Ryan, who was total sweetheart, architect, mm-hmm. like 22 years old, mm-hmm. 10 times smarter than you and me combined. Oh, boy. It was, he, was, he was pretty That's impressive. not saying much. <laughs> yeah, but he was impressive. I wonder if he listens. Right if he listens, he's an impressive kid. Right um, 
I call him a kid. He's 22. Anybody, you know, that's a whole other thing. Do you call anybody younger than you a kid? <laughs> only as a, only if I'm being a jerk. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he and I met up, Eisenberg's, had some lunch. He asked me some questions. I asked him some questions about his business and whatever we talked. And then we went over and uh, I handed him my lens. He handed me his lens and I walked away. Now, theoretically, well, I mean, you know, I, I trust the kid. I mean, I had my camera there, but like it looks fine. You know, it's, it, you know. He had his and he was going to play with it, but I know where he lives, you know. He took okay. me to his office and, you know. Um, apparently, he got the 24 to 105 as his kit lens on his 5D2 because they sell that as a kit. Cool. Um, and so we traded and uh, and it worked out great. Now, theoretically, Sweet. the 24 to 70 is a couple hundred dollars more than this lens. Mm-hmm. But I had lost the, uh, the hood. It, mm. it popped off and fell into a river during a shoot I had once. Um, Oops. But uh, but it just goes to show you, man. Twitter sometimes, oh yeah, handy. Yeah, like, literally, been, uh, we just swapped out. Yeah, I've been pretty psyched about Twitter lately. It's been uh, and uh, it's been good. And also, last week, Newegg had a crazy deal on RAM, so I upgraded to twenty four gigs. Oh, did you find someone to buy your RAM? Uh, no, not yet. Actually, I have it mm. here. So if anybody wants to buy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, six two gigabyte DDR three DIMMs, uh, so twelve gigs total. Uh, I yeah. have them here. Um, yeah. But I upgraded to 24 for $220. Insane. For 24 gigs. Not even six months ago uh, when I spec'd out the machines at D-Touch. Uh, that same basic configuration, you know, six fours. Yeah. Cost like 400 bucks. Oh, the fours have like, like plummeted. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so anyway, it's just up to 24 gigs. It's just nuts. I mean, when you throw 24 gigs at Photoshop or just even give Mac OS 24 gigs... Yeah, it's like sure. it just caches everything. No, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. Anyway, so uh, I switched over to this one, and I, I got to tell you, it's it's great. It's sharp in the middle. Um, F four one advantage of primes that a lot of people don't talk about is mm-hmm. how much brighter the viewfinder is. Mm, that's true. Because so much more light is coming in when it's wide open. Um, yeah, and you can you can even sort of figure that out. One one of the things I I learned when I was younger and didn't understand the the concept of you know bigger f-stops and what have you is is you just take two lenses take you know take an f4 lens and take a 2.8 lens take off their back caps and look at the look at the rear elements on those things that that says a lot right there like the size of it and the way you know the way it's positioned yeah um it's kind of amazing like look at that 8512 dude that that thing is like oh the front and the back of it like the front of it it looks like it's like scooping light up you know it's like (laughs) a goddamn telescope yeah, it's like a magnifying glass. It's um, crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely. And and it's funny because I have you can, you know, replace the uh focusing screen on the five D two. Mm-hmm. And I Which is yet another feature that some pros the higher end like. lenses. Yeah. yeah, you would not be able to figure right. no well higher end or bodies. Higher end bodies. You, you, you can't end, swap yeah. out screens on lower end cameras. Um and uh I replaced it with Canon makes a super matte. Mm-hmm. Basically it uh, what it does is you get a little less light, so it's a little dimmer. But mm-hmm. uh, it shows you the focus better. So things that are out of focus are more obviously out of focus and, you know, it's more precise. So for manually focusing or when you're using lenses like these super crazy fast primes that I use a lot and mm-hmm. you're shooting at 1.2 or 1.4, uh, yeah, you, well, you, you, know what? you can it's see funny. it better. Let's talk about a little trick that I use because I was just using it today. In fact, one of my current favorite lenses um, is I think I even blogged about this not, not too long ago. Uh, was that is this one hundred five two five lens uh, circa sixty nine seventy ish? It's an old 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 Nikon. It's my dad's. Uh, it was his always his favorite lens. Uh, it's a one hundred five, so it's a little, you know a little long, mm-hmm. um, but it's really it's really great for those. I, I was using it today. I was visiting some friends uh, and this little two year old uh, toddler, and you know he's horsing around like a little two year old does, and it was kind of cool to to not be like up and up in his face you know because when you're you know you, it, to have that like that distance yep. and then when you're shooting it wide open you still get a really nice okay. there's some really nice fall off and you know some nice blurry backgrounds and stuff like that yep. um and then because of the way that the, the they designed the lenses back then the uh, the aperture ring is just you know smooth as butter you know which is cool but i wasn't really messing around with the aperture which i don't know if you know this but you can i can slap that lens on my camera and just put it into aperture priority mode. Yeah. And then, you know, the camera's smart enough to figure out what the exposure is. So I can even put my, I was even doing, you know, TTL flash stuff, just bouncing the flash off the ceiling to get some more light. Um, but both, I know both Nikon and Canon have this feature. I don't remember how it works on Canon, but here's how it works on the Nikon. Um, and it, this even works on the lower end um, 
cameras. I remember it worked on my D70 and my D90 as well. Uh, and that, D70. Yeah, it's a great camera. Um, and that is in the... I know it's on, on the D3. It's in the lower left-hand corner of the finder uh, is, is the focus indicator. Um, and this is another weird little difference between Canon and Nikon that I never fully got. Um, and that's the way you, you hit Nikon cameras have three focus modes. Actually, this is something you touched on uh, earlier when we were talking about the differences. So, um, and I think it's, it's never really left. Um, it's almost, I think it's always been in the same spot on any Nikon body. So if you're holding your Nikon body in your right hand, you know, shooting, ready to shoot and you look and you move your left hand to the lower left hand, uh, area of the front of the camera, like just basically the lower left hand, uh, corner of the lens mount, there should be a three position switch, um, that has the letters C, S and M, uh, which are the autofocus, the body's autofocus or I should just say focus control. Uh, C stands for continuous S stands for single and then M is for manual. Uh, and I couldn't find any of that kind of control on a Canon body. It's the same Uh, thing. Oh, it is okay because it's not on the five. I didn't see it on the five D Mark II. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, one shot um, oh, AI focus and AI servo. But I'll, okay. I'll explain those two in a minute. Yeah. So so what's cool is if you uh, one one of my number one pet peeves, like something that was really getting in my way um, of, of of taking pictures, is the camera's autofocus logic. You know, the computer and inside the camera. Uh, it, it really wants the picture to be in focus before it lets you release the shutter. Yeah, which drives me and, nuts. You can turn and for, that off. For, and of course you can, but uh, for a lot of people, who, especially on the lower end cameras, they don't know that. Yep. And, and and it's a real Because you feel like you're like hitting the shutter button. You're and pushing it's not the button and you're off. missing it. It's like, come on, dude. This is the whole point of the camera. It's like it's fast and I can get my, my quick shots yep. and not miss a moment, but I'm pushing the button and it's not firing and I feel like a jerk. So um, Don't feel like a jerk, Dan. I know. I, I, I'm just speaking figuratively. Okay. Um, so when I, what I like to, what's really cool is, is you can put the, so I, like I have this manual lens on my camera, so obviously there's no autofocus happening anywhere, but because the autofocus, uh, routine is done through the lens in, in, you know, the, basically the, the camera is seeing the light pass through the lens, pass through the prism, and then it, it analyzes the light and decides, you know, whether or not the thing is in focus or not, regardless of whether or not the lens has the capacity to to autofocus or not. It just knows whether, you know, the the camera knows if if what you're looking at is in focus or not. So, um, and it tells you in the lower left-hand corner, uh, using a little left arrow uh, and then a a, a dot in the center and then a right arrow uh, to let you know uh, if, if you're in focus, the dot is lit. And if you're out of focus and you need to turn the, the focus knob to the left, the left arrow, you know, is, is lit. And then the same thing for the right arrow. And I use that thing all the time, even even with my because uh, some, sometimes the autofocus does get a little wonky and it searches. And or if this is ex- especially a problem when you're shooting it in really low light, like if you're at a party or, at you know, in the dark and, you know, the poor camera is trying to, you know, trying to grab on something to focus on hunting. And, yeah, and you can still you can still see pretty well through the lens. I mean, you know, the the finders are not that that dark, uh, and it, and you know, you just drop the lens or the camera into manual mode, and you can just turn the focus knob, and you're good to go. Uh, and the camera will tell you if your shots in focus or not. So when I when I'm you know when I'm trying to get a, an action shot or something like that, I will I'll, I will you know rely on that little lower left hand corner focus indicator uh very heavily and it's it's worked out really well for me uh on canon the way it works is that if you're in manual focus mode or actually in auto because most of the canon lenses even if you're in auto you can manually focus like override um mm-hmm. if you do that and you focus through the thing that needs to be in focus the the focus point that's in focus lights up mm-hmm. so that you can just like watch for the little red light on the focus point to light up Oh, you, I see. You're, you're talking about like in the, the yeah. little dots. The little the dots that tell you when you're autofocusing will also work even when you're manually focusing and they just light up when it's. Oh, focused. that makes sense. I always got a little confused about that. So there's the way the Nikon. Well, go ahead. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's the whole other thing you were talking about, the sort of focus mode. Um, yeah. And it's it's usually it's the button is called it's AF up top. It's AF drive. And it's like, you know, you press the mode button and then you can turn one of the little knobs. Um, oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. but So there's three different modes. There's one shot, which is like, you know find focus and it stays there and then you could take the shot, whatever it is. And you're supposed to recompose every time or let mm-hmm. hold it down halfway and it'll stay there. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, AI servo, which is constantly trying to stay, keep things in focus for like something running towards you, that kind of thing. Right. right. Um, and then there's a mode, which I never trust. So I never use it. Um, huh. 
uh, which is AI. Uh, why can't I get this to do what it wants to do? Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, which is AI. Uh, what is it called? Why am I having a hard time? Oh, because I'm not in autofocus mode. Uh, there's one shot. AI focus and AI servo. So AI focus basically is one shot. And if it sees that something starts moving, it jumps into servo mode. It's like super smart mode, supposedly. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It automatically jumps to servo mode if something starts jumping towards you. So it's sort of the idiot proof mode. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't trust it. But then again, Mm -hmm. I never shoot in servo mode either. I mean, unless it's very specific occasion when, you know, I'm trying to shoot something running towards me or something. Um, (laughs) Right. But, uh, you know, 99.9%. But now let me ask you this. Will the camera do that thing where it won't let you fire if it's, if it, if it does, if it's still working on focusing? Um, when it's in one of those servo modes, Yeah. you know, I have, my guess is that, yeah, it would stop you from firing. Although there's a custom function, I think in there that lets you turn that off. Yeah. Um, Um, that that was, so let's, I'm curious now, here's another thing. Uh, this is actually something that, that, that Canon kind of turned me onto when I, when I first, um, you know, where I first noticed it anyway. I didn't know that the when, uh, the D3 had this until I spent some more time with it. But, um, and, and, you know, this, again, sort of a, a feature that's on the higher-end cameras that's not on the lower-end cameras. Um, there, there's an actual dedicated button, um, like right right underneath where your thumb would, would sit, uh, called AF on, yep. which is the autofocus on button. And I didn't, I, you know, I know earlier Nikon cameras did not have this, so this is a relatively recent addition, but I'm pretty sure Canon's had it for a really long time. I think they have. And, yeah, yeah and I think a lot of Canon shooters have a personal preference of, of shooting where you, your, your half press on the shutter button doesn't activate the autofocus, it just activates the meter, uh, and then you can use the, you, you control the autofocus independently f- with your thumb. Um, and I, I don't know if that's the default or, or if it was at one point and it isn't anymore. What do, what, what do you use for uh, that? I use a half press. I don't use the autofocus on button. So you, you like autofocusing on the half press? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, but I, I but to... I also, if you watch me shoot, I do a uh-huh. lot of weird things. Um, <laughs> well, I just have, I have sort of, um, hand ticks on my camera where I, I'll, I'll tap, 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 tap on the, I'll, I'll tap on the shutter button. Uh-huh. Like while I'm shooting, like while I'm thinking, it's sort of like me kind of like snapping my fingers. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll tap, tap, tap and have it kind of like the, the lenses like, you know, we'll, we'll just hunt a little bit mm-hmm. and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hold half, press it down, take the shot and then kind of tap it out of focus. Or I will with my hand, pull it out of focus mm-hmm. so that it goes. So I'm shooting somebody's face. I'm shooting sh- uh, short depth of field. I'll focus on their eyes. I'll take the picture and then I will pull it out of focus so I can make it autofocus back to there. Because otherwise, I don't know if it's focusing on the eye when I pull it up again, or if it's got as you know what I mean. It's sort of like I'm resetting it and letting yeah. it do it again. Uh, yeah. It's a weird tick that I have. But anyway, the point of this is that like I do it all with the shutter button with my finger. Yeah. You know, I, I I get it. Um, it's weird though. The, but, the different man, different styles. It's true. Yeah. It's uh, for me when I was able to to free myself from the you can't take a picture unless I think it's in focus yeah. problem. Um, the ultimate solution for me was to put the, if you put the Nikon, put my D3 into continuous mode. Because um, with continuous mode, the difference between single and continuous on the Nikon is that, w- like you're saying, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's capable of tracking, you know, the, it's capable of, of autofocusing while you're shooting. Right. So if you're tracking like, you know, a football player running across the field and he's getting closer and closer to you, um, it can do that. Uh, so naturally, there's a chance that it's not going to be perfectly in focus, but it's going to keep shooting. So if you put it into continuous mode and then I pull the autofocus control off of the shutter and put it on the AF on button, I can, you know, essentially fire the camera without the autofocus ever having to get engaged yep. just by, just by firing the shutter over and over again. And then when I want to autofocus, I just press the you button. Know, push, push down on my thumb and, and it's right there ready yeah. for me. I mean, it all comes um, down to what you're shooting and how you're shooting. It's also yeah. funny that like, I don't use, I don't know that I use any functions that weren't in a camera 15 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way I shoot is very sort of not minimalist, but I don't use a lot of doodads and, 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 and buttons on the camera. You know what? The other mm. funny thing is that the stuff that we're talking for the last 15 minutes Mm-hmm. is the kind of minutia yeah. that, that you – first of all, is, is – I, I mean, I guess it's important, but at the same time, it's kind of meta. Uh, <sighs> but 
but it's the kind of thing if you were trying to explain to somebody who was thinking about buying a Canon or an Icon, oh, no, this, this stuff would big... not mean anything to them. No, it's, but it's this... but it's important stuff. But it's only important stuff if you hit that wall. Yeah, is the only way you can point. understand why it's important. Yeah, which is the same thing in many ways with lenses. You know, you give somebody a kit lens, and they're like, "Oh, this takes perfectly fine pictures," and then they take some picture and they're like, they blow it up big, and they're like, "Wow, it's really blurry in the corners." And you go, "Yes." Now try mm-hmm. this lens and they try some exactly. prime and they stop it down a little bit and they go, Oh, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. but again, yeah. So our conversation in the last 10 minutes has been complete minutia. Right. And it's also in the, yeah. And, and this is, this is the kind of stuff that, um, you know, some people don't know for those of, of you know, the folks who are listening and interested, uh, and want to know, the kind of things like why is the one that's you know twice as expensive you know what's so great about it that's the kind of stuff we're talking about you know for 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 people who who spend a ton of time monkeying with those but man those I'd be features. I would be surprised if a lot of the low end cameras had eighty percent of these things now and we just don't know it because we're not using them I, I I know they don't have AF on buttons that's for sure well, you know the other weird thing do you ever use exposure lock except for weird situations and even uh, even I, when I get a situation like that I feel like I might as well just click to manual. Yeah, I mean that's really what it's that's that's what I do. I mean, I, I guess the only other reason you'd use it for is if you're doing, um, what's it called, some sort of a program mode okay. where you you have like a weird combination where you're letting the camera make some of the choices, but you don't want it to yeah. to go too far. Um, yeah, there's some really crazy cool things that you can do. Uh, I personally don't use it. Yeah, um, and fortunately on the Nikon, it's 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 not an, it's not one of those easily bumped switches, so it doesn't it doesn't uh, yeah. doesn't get messed up the only thing that really kind yeah, of you know gets what's interesting what's that i'm wondering if my camera will your computer stop recording after 58 minutes no i don't know that's weird uh, it just did a weird ch- thing is yours stop no it's recording but it looks like it's about to hit the end of the line <laughs> whatever it's interesting sorry <laughs> anyway everyone, that was just a weird little aside yeah so yeah my um the only c- control that gets bumped um inadvertently on mine is the um is the AF zone switch. It's a three position switch on the back of the camera that basically switches it from like one big one, 15 small yeah. ones or 50 teeny yeah. ones. Well, the, and the, sometimes that gets there in lies. The, uh, here's another feature I never use. I never ever. Well, one time out of a hundred ever use anything other than the center focusing point. Yeah. I focus I on the center and I recompose. Yeah. I'm never like, say- Oh, I want to use that one way the hell over there. <laughs> Yeah, because at the point at which you get these pro cameras or, and they've got fifty damn so. AF, you know, sensors. Well, again, that's but you have to remember that's 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 for like sports shooters. Sports, yeah. it's a sports but it's just dream. like how would you ever select one of those fast enough? Well, you don't. You put it in the the auto mode, exactly. the matrix mode, and and then you, that, that you're just giving the camera that many more opportunities sure. to get it. No, you, I know. Is, I but it's just funny how they they have these selector switches. Like you're supposed to actually jump to one of those while you're shooting. Some, it's like some people. Do, I only dude. have nine points <laughs> on my five D two. Yeah. I can't jump between those damn things. Every time I like try to like click it, I you know if I'm handing the camera to somebody who doesn't know any better, I'll click yeah. it into the you know to use all nine or all eleven or whatever the hell it's got. Yeah, but that's like sort of a special thing that I'll just do it so somebody doesn't isn't like why isn't it focusing right? You know. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, it's funny that whole thing about the multiple button push thing on the on the one D. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was always a badge of honor. Like this is the kind of camera that if I handed it to somebody, they wouldn't know how to use it. Yeah, well, it's so darn customizable. Um, but I kind of liked that. that. It was kind of like, oh, I have this tool that's kind of badass and makes me special. Well, and well, I, what's so cool about those, and this is, I know this is available on, on a lot of the Nikon cameras, especially the the, the medium to high end ones, uh, which is super cool, is that you can literally import and export your whole layout, your all your settings yep. and all your features and everything, which is super cool. So if you have more than one, or if you're sending it in for a repair, or, yeah. or you're you're renting a second one and you want to just you know instantly make that one you know set up the same way yours is set up you can do that with it just you put a file on the cf card and boom you're done uh, and that includes all the, your your you know your tagging information too so if you have you know any copyright or tagging information it'll uh, technology shoot you right over yep good stuff and the high-end cameras they have those audio things too you ever use those uh i used it like once or twice i think that's more for sports and press people yeah um uh one of my friends uses it uh because he does a lot of like uh, high school stuff, and he just you know these kids' names. I mean, yeah. I guess the, in the old days, you Michael just McCluskey down. Yeah, and it's kind of neat. You, it basically you know embeds a little one up to one minute wave file, just in low res, yeah. uh, into the raw metadata can, of the can actual Lightroom file. Can Lightroom read it? Yeah. Okay. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah, I used to have that on my 1D, but I, I you know, I don't use it. I mean, anymore. I yeah, I never use it either. Now now I kind of I miss my 1D. Aw. I must admit. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a solid solid camera. Well, no, I think 100% viewfinder. Things. Yeah, it's it's great, man. I've seen mm, some really nice things yummy. come out of it. That thing with the with the 8512 on it is just a killer combo. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. All right, I think we've covered the <laughs> Canon Nikon buying a camera thing. Uh if yeah, anybody has any we've... specific questions yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Yep. Um, at Bill Wadman I mean, or at Dan Gottesman. Yep. Uh, or, uh, you know, and we're, I think we're both cross-posting these links to our shows on both of our blogs. We are, and um, Bill at BillWadman.com. Uh, yeah, I'm Dan at DanGottesman.com. God, they're so easy. <laughs> I know. Um, so but, uh, yeah, so we're going to get some more guests in. Are you going away for how long? I'll be back on Sunday. Okay, so Dan's so coming back next Sunday. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll record maybe. on Monday. Yeah. I might have a thing on Monday. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's let me see if uh, we can do that. And uh, we have a couple guests that uh, I've in the works in the works that are going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Yes. And uh, and please, yeah. Any any questions or suggestions, critique? Uh, we love. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. We will. We'll go to that soon. So we'll catch you next week, then. You got it, buddy. Have a good on your trip. Oh, thanks so much. Later. Bye.